Good, after- <clears throat> Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. Uh, it's Saturday, October the 6th at 2 p.m. Central Time, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, oh, let me see. Oh. Let's see Okay. Oh, I moved everything around, so I'll have to, uh, oh man, (laughs) I thought I checked all of that, made sure everything was in its proper place, but uh, it appears that that's not the case. So let me do some quick um, modifications here, get things situated so that it looks like uh, my normal um, show. Let's see what we got here. Um, I'm missing it, yeah, oh no, there it is. Alrighty, excellent. Yeah, I should probably check and make sure. Make sure I, I'm going to go through and correct all of these. So I, I was doing some um, cleaning up of my system and I moved some things around and I thought I had everything in its proper place so that when I ran the show, it would show up properly. But that is obviously not the case. Um, let's see. There we go. There's that. So I'll go back and I'll run that just for, since I spent so much time uh, creating that, it would be nice to um, make sure, oh, okay. Make sure that uh, you got a chance to see that. Anyway, uh, so the the past couple of weeks, um, and I hate to, call it a circus um, because I think um, by doing that I would be um, demeaning or somehow not um, reflecting the seriousness with which a lot of people have taken the events over the current uh, couple of weeks so we've had a Supreme Court nomination and it it did not it went according to how things have transpired over the past two years actually there's been an escalation of this behavior um, more intensely beginning in 2008 and it has only escalated from there and there's no indication as to when it will burn itself out but um, so so things have been going along and it's been very difficult Um, this has been brought on by, I think, um, some people being in a place of power and able to solidify that power um, long past when they probably should have. And so we're going to talk a little I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, in just a second. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Okay, so 
So I titled the show Term Limits. And when I when I first started looking at so I'm I wasn't a person term limits have been has come up in the conversation uh, quite a bit. I ain't say quite a bit, but it has come up uh, over the past few years. And my first inclination was that term limits weren't necessary for Congress because there's a natural term limit. If you don't approve of the behavior of your congressperson or your representative, you vote them out. Um, and so the framers of the Constitution uh, put in term limits for the president because they didn't want a president to be in power uh, for so long that they became a dictator and that things only went their way and that they did not um, care for the needs of the community as a whole, the country as a whole. Um, with that in mind, and they created three equal branches of government, you know, you got you have two, three legs, um, then you don't have one against the other. It's uh, all three branches then have to come up with uh, a formula that is going to make things uh, easy for everyone to live by. Um, but they didn't. So so that was I thought was a good idea, but they didn't. Um, put term limits on Congress, on, on the other two branches of government. They did on the executive, but not on the legislative nor the judicial branches. And and that, I think that that's this interesting. Um, judges get a lifetime appointment. That means once they're on the court, they're there. And then in Congress, they have uh, six and four year terms. So Every six or four years, they have to go back out and make their case to the public that they should be in office to serve them. And I, I think that's interesting. You've got one branch uh, lifelong. You've got one branch that's term limited out. That means they can only be there for so long. And then you've got another branch that can re-up for an unlimited period of time. But they do have to re-up. So it's not automatic. And so the reason behind uh, the executive branch not being able to uh, be in power for so long was is because they would solidify power and uh, become a ruling class in and of itself. Um, but that seems to has been what's happening in our current um, uh, legislative branch of the government, that people are there for so long that they're able to uh, either wait out change small changes and small waves if things ebb and flow in people's attitudes towards uh, politics and in doing so because they're there for so long and because we know that that information is power they have uh, an, an, an innate or an innate they have a, an ability or they have uh, the information or they have what they need to influence incoming senators and, and representatives so that the longer that they're there, the more likely they are to uh, get their way of doing things and bring others or new people into their way of thinking. They have committees that they can use as leverage. They know um, different, uh, I want to say, 
lobbyists that they could maybe use as a source of influence uh, with other congressmen and, and representatives because uh, as we know that that body spends a large part of its time just on getting reelected just you know they they do some legislative work I, I, and I don't mean to characterize it as uh, trivial when I say some I just mean that um, that they do work and they spend a lot of time on getting reelected and we know that that in our current um, political system that a lot of um, financial capital is uh, important to uh, elections and so they spend a lot of time doing that um, I try to, to uh, so I initially was against term limits it wasn't a hard against term limits it was a uh, I didn't think term limits was necessary because um, with, a, with an informed um, informed community informed citizenry they would recognize when something was amiss with their representatives and I guess uh, the the framers of the Constitution always believed in the integrity of the voting public which I guess that's hard to to say also since we we have the Electoral College which um, kind of combats that it kind of um, is anti to that, that the that the voter is going to know. Now, I, I realize that some part of that, uh, the uh, Electoral College was to ensure that uh, people in smaller communities that didn't have as much political clout would at least be able to participate and be equally represented in the national politics, but it does take out of the hands of one man, one vote, and, and I don't, one man, one vote out of the hands of, of that. Whereas now smaller communities get an equal or uh, um, a disproportionate amount of leverage in the presidential race. So if we're not doing the popular vote, then that means that the majority in a democratic society is, may not necessarily win the election. And that gives greater weight to the minority. And the election of Donald Trump and George Bush are very reflective of that dynamic. <clears throat> and when the uh, Supreme Court found in favor of George Bush, that was two branches of government that I don't want to say. So there was a concern of a of the politicization 
of the legislative branch. And we're revisiting that in the Kavanaugh hearings as as we see the division between uh, Democrat and Republic Republican be so stark and so angry and so vicious that um, it is it is shocking in its presentation uh, for for me to see this kind of behavior from um, rational thinking adults seems almost foreign to the idea of rational. Um, so we have we have one side of the ledger getting putting forth their legislative agenda, and they see the pain on the other side. They see the the angst. So I'm going to talk about the the Kavanaugh um, nomination just as a smaller portion of the bigger problem. So a large part of the society does not want Kavanaugh. It really doesn't matter why. Not at this particular point. It really doesn't matter why. If I'm trying to put into place something that's a judge, I'm trying to put into place a judge. This judge is going to have to rule over everybody in society or everybody in the community that he is being placed judge over. And there is a huge amount of dis- non-support for this judge. And I put the judge in place anyway. I have basically said <clears throat> it does not matter what you think or feel. It does not matter what you want. There is no democracy here. There is only what I want because I'm in a position to do that. In a society that is founded on the ideals of we work together as a community, that we try to build something together, that is completely contrary to that idea and to believe that you have achieved that when when so much angst and anguish is felt by part of the, the community that you live in and then to ignore that because of political gains or getting what you want That is not I, I would I would not call that democracy. I would not call that um, working together. I would not call that building anything. Now, the difficulty, I think, is that it has come to the idea that it's either win or lose. That that there is no compromise, that there is no way to you get something, I get something. There is no um, how do we share the burden? Um, one of the so I, I was I do my, my little research and 
I, I came across this clip. Now, it's a clip from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, um, where Kamala Harris is interviewing um, Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh. And I didn't think of, I guess I, I wouldn't, being a man, I didn't, what the point that she brought up ca caught me completely off guard. But it is, it, it helps show what I mean by, by somebody getting into power and not sharing that power. Uh, so let me put that on real quick. Can you think of any laws that give government the power to make decisions about uh, the male body? Uh, I'm happy to answer a uh, more specific question. Male versus female. There are um, medical procedures. I'll repeat the question. Can you think of any laws that give the government the power to make decisions about the male body? I'm not, a, I'm not a thinking of any right now, Senator. Okay, so I don't know if, how, if that, I didn't, I didn't watch the um, hearings uh, from start to finish. And so this was one part of the hearing that I did not see specifically. So I don't know how much that clip is edited. But the idea that in our society that we can pass laws that impact women and not have laws of any kind that impact men. So we've got a system where we legislate women's health. We legislate how they can care for themselves. And yet, there are no laws about men caring for themselves. So when you're in power, if you don't take the opportunity to realize what you're doing to other people, you come up with a system that disproportionately benefits the powerful and completely ignores the other portion of society. And this particular time period, we are experiencing a, an opportunity to adjust that. We, ex we have opportunities to make changes to that, to do things differently, to recognize that not, being, not making things inclusive of everyone else is a recipe for disaster. And we are currently ignoring that. There is a candidate. And regardless of why people disapprove of him, they may not like the idea that he's over five feet tall. And that becomes insignificant. If half the people 
or a large portion of society is so willing to pull out all kinds, I mean, just do, to show their pain, to show that this person is not someone that they would like in a position of power in their community. And you say to them, it does not matter. I have my reasons for putting this person into place. And we're going to, to do that. We're going to do that over your objections. We're going to do that over your uh, um, protests. We're going to do that over your still warm body. And yeah, it's a little dramatic. But by doing that, what we're saying is the power dynamic is this. If you don't have power, you don't have representation. And that and that I'm I don't have to because I'm in power, I don't have to concede to you any kind of recognition of your desires. And I think that that's bad in a democracy and that's bad in this situation. Um We need to making sure that I, I would like to think that we want to have a better democracy. There is no way that putting this judge on the court is going to turn out well. It's not going to happen because the people that you stepped over to put him on, on the court are not going to forget that you did that. So now it becomes a fight for supremacy so that when I get in power, then I don't have to pay attention to your needs and wants and desires. And I don't have to accept that you are a citizen. I don't have to accept that, um, that I should do something so that we are both feeling like we're sharing in the good and we're sharing in the bad. That's excuse me, I have sinuses. And it's raining today. Oh, what a actually beautiful day. I, I kind of like rain myself. Um, so so we if we're not if we're not showing that we care about each other, that we're willing to share some of the the good and the bad. Um, when it's just about me and what do I want and what do I think is right. Um, then we ignore our neighbors. So how do we get from where we are to where we need to be. If people won't listen, they hear millions and millions of women say, this is what we don't want. Yes, there are may, there may be million, there are millions and millions of women who may be saying, this is okay. This is acceptable. 
But is there a way that we can find another solution that both sides can agree on? We haven't even we haven't even tried. There was um, many things said on both sides of the ledger. Uh, I hate using that term. You know, both sides of the issue that were pretty strong and and not helpful in starting a use a um, useful dialogue, trying to resolve the situation amicably. But if you don't try if you are in power and you don't at least recognize and find a way to reach out to those people on the other side that maybe feel disenfranchised. And I, and I think this is difficult. Um, and I, so during Obama's term, the Democrats were in office and it, I believe. And so there were times that it was stated that he did not, he was not reaching out to the other side, but there were, there were many times that he, it seemed that he was in effect trying to reach out and say, let's achieve something together. Sometimes in a negotiation, you, you have to be firm. You have to say, you know, this is a line that I can't cross and still have what I'm trying to achieve look like what I'm trying to achieve or look uh, like it's something beneficial for all. So we have just to say, uh, let's say we got an example being insurance. <clears throat> so we had um, people that were not being covered. We had procedures not being covered and we're saying this is insufficient. This is insufficient for the community as a whole. The companies that um, issue insurance were doing well. Uh, hospitals were doing well, but the policyholders were not doing well. They were struggling. And they said, give us some relief. So the, the one side says, this is what relief looks like. The other side says, <clears throat> no, that is not what relief looks like. And we will not give you those things necessary to achieve that level of relief. And so the conversation bogged down to, well, if you, if we can't reach a negotiation, if we can't negotiate in good faith, then um, how do we move forward? Cause those people are still feeling pain. Um, now we're dealing with the other side having um, the opportunity to present themselves and to do what they felt like was not done to them. They felt that the um, insurance laws were, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> insurance laws were rushed through them and rammed 
uh, over them. They, they were run over by the train and now they're in power and they have the opportunity to say, okay, I did not like it when it happened to me. So I will try to find the best way to implement this in such a way that it does not cause such angst and anger. And they are not. So. Um, I do hope that it's that before and it, it before things continue too much further down this path that we find a way to find middle ground or we will continue to push and shove and push and shove and that will never be um, until one side just completely caves in and then um, we have a divided country. Right now, I don't think it's divided. I think we have challenges. Um, and those challenges just need to be met. They need to be met by people who uh, want to bridge those um, divides. I want to thank you very much for taking this opportunity to hang out with me this afternoon. Um, now, this will conclude this episode of the podcast. And it, it is available on YouTube. Uh, all you have to do is a search for Lion's Den STL. Now, the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store. Consider supporting the podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude adjustment two. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes where you find them because it really does matter. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.